welcome to the Rain City Podcast. It's uh, Tyler here, and we got Josh and hey. Joyce in the house. Hi. So today we're going to be talking about role models. Role models in, you know, early days, how they shaped you, and, you know, ultimately uh, how God has impacted those images and um, the way that you've been growing up and how you interact with life. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, Josh, you want to start us off? You have any role <laughs> models? Uh, <laughs> Jesus growing? is my role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always what would Jesus and forever. Do? Like, I... Uh, are you talking about like mentors as well? Uh, yeah, or? it could be. It could be anything. Like yeah. I, I was uh, thinking, you know, it could be somebody that you admire in your family. It could be somebody, mm. one of your friends that you like. There's some qualities of them that you really like. It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be someone, you know, out of this world. But um, yeah, it could just be anyone that you like. Thought that there's some aspect of them that you really liked and and that you wanted to model your life from yeah i mean i think one of the early um you know other than my parents like role model like uh people who play role role model roles (laughs) um or or those who who really affect like the formation of uh people's personality it's it's like parents and then teachers like those are the two most important like figures and then after that, it's just like, yeah, like whether you're in a profession, then you have like mentors and, and that. But for me, like other outside of my parents um, who, you know, establish all the principles and um, yeah, shape, shaped all that. I, uh, I was involved in youth group a lot. Like when I was like, I grew up in the church. So one of the my first mentors, I guess, was like my youth pastor. So he's from Newfoundland, very charismatic uh, very sociable and just like loving and um, he just kind of brought me and a, a good friend of mine in church like under his wings and kind of just taught me how to like really really invited me to to learn about the Holy Spirit and, and op- operate and walk in the Spirit through that so um, those are kind of my, my early foundations so I was like 14 14 15 um and then after that i was uh fun fact about me i used to be in uh army cadets oh yeah so so i had yeah like that buzz structure cut. yeah like a mill what's that buzz cut <laughs> buzz cut yeah <laughs> that's right had to had to be a standard um i think for me that was very formative because there was so many leadership and like leadership structures baked into the military uh, whether it's like learning to um, follow orders and then like follow standards from like ironing your uniform and sewing badges and like learning oh, yeah. how to like march in formation and things like that. So, so there was already a lot of leaders like baked into that system, which is really great. Um, I did have, yeah, like one top, uh, uh like Sergeant major guy, um, who was a few years older than me and he was a really good role model. But outside of that, even like, I think just like the archetype of like a talk, like a soldier, um, even that, like if no one really modeled it well, like just following the principles of that, whether it's like submission to authority, but in a way that's respectful, um, in a way that like upholds, um, uh, the team like mentality and things like that. So, uh, yeah, those are some like early formative 
role models or, or influences in my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and uh, I want to unpack that a little bit more. What what are some things that you take from your parents, like your mom, your dad? Like, what are mm. qualities that mm. you took from them? My dad is, yeah, like he's a dreamer. I think I, I got mm. my dreaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he grew up in like he was a farmer. He grew up in a very like very poor upbringing. Like he he was not that. Um, educated, he actually had to drop out at like grade three, so he only had wow. grade three education, and so uh, from there he just like you know he he wasn't born in a Christian home, but that's a whole other testimony. But eventually he he and his dad uh, or my grandpa like found God, and then um, he just relied on God like step by step for, and then eventually he it was kind of like not like riches, but rags to riches kind of story. Like he had nothing and then he just trusted on God to give him opportunities after opportunities and be, became like a mechanic. And then he eventually owned his own like um, mechanic um, repair services. Wow. And then he was like, yeah, like working at like oil rigs and big machineries and Ingersoll ran and like Caterpillar. Wow. And then I think he was a Ford motor inspector, but he really started from scratch. So, but, he always had this mindset of like, hey, let's just dream. Like, um, anyway, sorry, that was the kind of big tangent. But uh, he just always saw opportunity, and he believed that if God is for us and God is unlimited, then like sky's the limit, right? Yeah. So he always encouraged that in me. Um, he there's always a saying that he says is like slow and steady wins the race, mm. and like that's a nice quality that he's kind of baked into me too. Like just don't rush into things like, like yes, have big dreams, um, but let it come to like and, and go after it, but don't rush it. Like just do your thing, and then it'll it'll eventually happen. So that's I got that from my mom or from my dad. From my mom, man, she's like super hard worker mm. and extremely humble. Like mm. she, I uh, <laughs> just recently listened to. Steve's sermon uh, and, and how he kind of <laughs> made fun of me on my golf game. <laughs> but I, it's all good. Yeah, I, I'm very aware I'm not the best at golf. But yeah, like, I think I just kind of learned from her, like, it's not about me if I'm bad. Like, I would, I think you, to be teachable and to learn, mm. you have to be in a, a position of humility. Mm. As in, I don't know everything. Um, teach me and that's okay yeah. like I don't have to know everything yeah. so um, but my mom is like the best cook I'm sorry guys yeah. but she is the best cook <laughs> ever best mom <laughs> and like but she's really talented and um, you got like, those cooking skills too I, I, you know what I actually <laughs> don't <laughs> but yeah that, that's something I gotta learn but uh, yeah those are some things I kind of okay. picked up from my wow, parents wow wow yeah. Um, yeah, just it was not expecting to share that. My no, goodness. no, no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, the, uh, one thing that you, it was really interesting. Yeah. Just to kind of touch on the golf swing. I think, you know, there's a constant battle, especially like in Christianity about like robots taking over and like AI Okay. and the interesting, you know, wait for it. There's, there's a, there's a real connection here. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're training AI or machine learning models, what it is is essentially 
failing at light speed. Mm-hmm. Like mm. the machine has no ego. Yeah. It actually just wants to get better. And ironically, the ego and emotions of humans is what mm. kind of stalls us, but also is our edge, which is like a double-edged sword in, in a weird way. But I, I really like that, like when, when you, what you said about like when you're bad, it's not about you. Yeah. And you're just, like you're just trying to get better. So any any tips that anyone can give yeah, you to exactly. get better, it doesn't even matter. Like it, once you, you know, yeah, again, take your ego, which is very hard. Um, ego and pride just to let that aside and like get better Mm -hmm. very hard to do but when we're when we're getting you know new or even trying to get better at anything we we need to have that like humility to accept yeah uh, you know feedback and advice from others so actually a huge revelation that like because it's really really hard to get past that ego um because it's everywhere right um i think a huge revelation for me as christians is like that verse what Paul says like I die daily like die to yourself because or like pick up your cross for me that's that's what it means like like life isn't about you it's about God it's about bringing glory and so um yeah like just really living in that and over time like kind of you know like killing that ego, killing that sense of self-preservation to protect my reputation, all that stuff. Like you have to over time kind of build that muscle um, because that's when you you do succeed. Like you do you do flourish and stuff like that, right? So um, yeah, and I just want to share that revelation. Mm-hmm. It's really, really like it's one thing to know it, it's another thing to practice it. But um, and that's when you just ask God, like, yeah. Every day, God, it's not about me; it's about you. And so, um, yeah, like, uh, and I'm uh, like, God, you put this opportunity or this new job in front of me. I don't know anything, but I'm just gonna go with a good attitude. And if people make fun of me, like, I just give them, give them a smile and say, "Oh, thanks, man, I appreciate it." You know, mm-hmm. and just like, just keep going. Watch out, Steve. He's, uh, <laughs> he's gonna get better at golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, golf. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Joyce? Um, I think. So. That's completely true. You know, I agree. It's, yeah, those things are lessons learned over time, learned from experience, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the great things about, um, well, yeah, role models and also podcasts like this, just being able to learn from other people's experiences Mm -hmm. is such, like, a gift that we have. Mm -hmm. Just feel really appreciative about it. And Mm. and so does somebody specific come to mind when you say those things or... Um, kind of. Yeah. I mean, first I person, first person <laughs> that comes in your mind. Go. <laughs> books. I think books. books okay. Oh. Uh, I think I w- was more in a situation where I always had to find guidance and find, really look from other people's experiences and try to look, f- mm-hmm. um, learn from that. So I was probably the youngest kid. Oh, probably not the youngest, but. I was probably like 12 when I started getting into self-help books Mm. just to kind of figure Mm. out life because it's such a daunting thing. Um, But yeah, when I think of like role models, especially when young, I always think of my brother, Mm. my big brother. Not for anything good, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, I think when I was little, I just thought he was so cool. You know, he played video games. He rode a motorcycle. He (laughs) went out all the time. And that makes me wonder, like what attracts us to role models. And I think Mm. for me, it was really 
wanting his validation, wanting his acceptance, wanting uh, love and to be a part of something. Mm. I think that's where a lot of, especially younger people fall when they uh, find people look up to. It's like, right. oh, I want to be like them. I want to yeah. be accepted like them. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, once you get a little bit older, you realize you're your own person and now you have to figure out who you are. Yeah. That's the tricky part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when it comes to my own parents, uh, they were both military. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Kind of just like Steve, my parents were both in the Air Force. Wow. Uh, wow. Lieutenant colonels. So very strict. Wow. Lieutenant colonels. They were Holy. military academy too. So. <laughs> Wow. My siblings definitely looked up to them a lot, but amazing. When I was born, they were already retired. Okay. Well, did <laughs> so you have a lot of yes sir, yes ma'ams in the house? Oh, <laughs> I had a lot of back in my day. We, <laughs> our bunk beds, our the corners of our bed sheets, hospital had to be corners, yeah. Degrees. Oh yeah. man. Wow. But I think I had such an interesting experience because when I was young, my mom was doing a master's in counseling. So she walked me through a lot of that, even though I was really young. And that's when I started to almost like going back to our first few podcasts in terms of reparenting, like really thinking about, oh, there's these habits or aspects of my parents that I do that I don't especially like. And how do I change from that was a lesson from early on. Like, I think I was in high school when I realized the way my anger presents itself with exactly like my brother and dad. And now I had to walk back and be like, oh, that hurt me. That's why I do it to other people. (laughs) And I have to kind of dismantle that. So I think, yeah, it was like anti-role models in some ways. It's like figuring Mm -hmm. out what, how I wanted to be different, how I wanted to change. But in hindsight, you know, you always find things you appreciate. Mm -hmm. I think from my mom, it was always her generosity I think that's always a small town thing. It's just people come over, you have a huge meal, you don't split the bill ever. That's a very new thing to me. (laughs) You just, you know, you pay for each other and eventually hope it evens out. And Mm. um, I think another thing was her faith was very crazy. Mm. I think because my family was so volatile and not stable, I've become very much a planner. But Mm -hmm. she has this faith where... Uh, sometimes she sometimes has all our family bills and there's not enough money in the bank and she doesn't doesn't really know what's gonna happen so she just prays about it and then she says the next day she'll like get a pension in or a tax return or something wow. just happens to come in that covers it and mm. I used to find that incredibly irresponsible <laughs> mm. I think now that I've kind of deepened in my own faith I it's just some a quality I admire so much yeah mm. It's really, yeah, really amazing. And I think my dad really taught me about taking risks because he's a businessman. And some things I didn't learn until I was much older. There was like a period of time or years where my mom supported him, even though he couldn't really find a job after coming to Canada and stuff. And I never knew this because he was always the breadwinner of our family. And even his business now, like there's times where things are great in times when we're like in a lot of debt and things just go terribly wrong. But our family's always supported him and he's always continued on and never mm-hmm. given up. Mm-hmm. And that's just such an amazing thing because that is a big fear I have too. Like it's so mm. scary to take risks. It's so yeah. scary to fail and right. still have loving people around you. Mm-hmm. That's really incredible, I think. 
Yeah. I, I, I was recently listening to uh, this like motivation podcast and there's this quote from Denzel Washington where mm. he's saying fall forward. Like if you fall down, as yeah. long as you get up and fall forward, it's okay. Like mm. your mistakes will lead you somewhere because you're still moving forward in life. You're not letting something hold you back. And the taking the risk part, mm. so interesting. Because, yeah, Joyce and I went to the same business school <laughs> at did. UBC. Oh. And class, yeah, same year. Yeah. Same class? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we didn't even know that we uh, were in the same oh, class wow. until like afterwards. Like we met, but like, wow. we just, like it didn't yeah. click in our heads. But Amazing. Um, yeah, anyways, same business school. And it was really interesting because what they taught there was basically like being risk adverse right like right. Sub, at a subconscious level they right. wouldn't like say it outright but like they're like okay you know make sure your npv or like net profit value <laughs> is right. greater than zero as long as it's greater than zero then you usually act on that because it means that it's profitable right um but in you know as all things in life it's not that simple mm-hmm. right yeah. like there's rising costs they don't talk about like inflation and like the economic supply chain and like how that influences then your decisions because all of these like marginal costs are adding up and then you need to do things on a hunch like you can't just do it on calculated numbers because sometimes it doesn't make sense right like we're heading into right an expected recession and yeah. like you know arguably that's not a good time to start a business like joyce is starting a coffee um Ooh. coffee shop so that's really exciting mm-hmm. but like these are all things that you cannot do just based off of pure like numbers alone, right? They're because not fixed variables. Yeah. They're like you need to have some dynamic. like driving force they behind are. it that just almost seems illogical. Right. And yes. you kind of just need to like follow your instincts. And, you know, most of the time that's probably where God wants you to go. And, you know, you know, knock on wood that, you know, it doesn't <laughs> fail. But even if it does, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the right move. And that's where he wants you to go. And you're going to move mm-hmm. forward. And, you know, who knows? Like, maybe you're going to start, like, a coffee empire after that. <laughs> like, you need to just go through those right. experiences to get to where God needs you to go. Yeah. It's even, like, so many small decisions in our life take risk and take a lot right. of faith. Yes. And I think when I was struggling with my fear of risk-taking and failure, it really did relate a lot to my faith because there's that aspect of... Mm. Um, God calls you to go on missions or calls you towards this or that or making a decision that maybe people around you wouldn't think is the most sound or most safe. Mm. Um, But, you know, when he calls, you go. And how do you manage that or deal with that and think about... Because you can't really weigh risk the same way as you normally would, right? Even with informed risk taking, Mm -hmm. a lot of things just take faith. I love it. I love this whole topic on faith. Like... I got to bring some scripture in here. Yes. (laughs) So like the parable of the talents, right? Like the master gave talents to three servants and then the two were faithful and um, they got returns. But then there's the one who was afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because they were afraid uh, that that he he dug it up and buried it. And then, yeah. And then he just gave it back to the master. The master got so upset. Yeah. You could have at least put it in the bank to get it interest, you know? Yeah. So uh, that, that's so interesting. It's like, it just shows like, you know, God favors those who take risks to mm-hmm. walk in faith, yeah. to step out. Even you look at Abraham, um, he called Abraham, he was the you know, father of, of Israel, uh, father of faith. Um, 
called him out of the the Chaldees, out of his land to go to a land unknown. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you <laughs> if he took business class, and I, I'm sure it, you know that's like business, you know they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't have taught that, right? Yeah. It's just like no, you have to make sure that your risk is low and all that stuff, and and then it's a safe move. But um, you almost need to step out first before you can see more of what God is revealing you. Mm-hmm. If you can see what God is going to provide you um, down the road from where you first started, mm-hmm. that actually doesn't require faith. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, you know, it, it's not you partnering with God. It's not you. There's no trust element in, into it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, yeah, a life of God, a life of faith is all about risk management. Risk is like just take, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just to, you know, add to that. I mean, when we think about, like, God and Jesus, he didn't, well, I mean, arguably, we don't know what he was thinking, but, you know, he just showed up at, like, cities after city. He didn't really have a plan. He's just like, whatever is in front of me, I'll just act on it. And sometimes it's as simple as that. And, you know, we like, we as humans um, on Earth, we tend to, like, overthink things and, like, analyze it because, you know, we're scared of failure. We're scared of, like you know, I don't know, bears mm. coming out of the woods and right. like, trying to eat us. And so we're just wired that way to like plan and like mm-hmm. be aware of like all the different scenarios so that we can, you know, avoid danger. But I think when we're living in this kind of like modern world, danger is not life or death most of the time. It's right. like mm. just pain of like people's judgment yeah. and, yeah. you know, like the feeling of failure. But, you know, like when you talk about it out loud, it's just like, it's yeah, so small, That's right. you know, like it, it's not that like bad. It's like, not you're like, you don't have to jump over a bridge yeah. and yes. like, you know, possibly die. You just like, you might feel sad the next day. Yeah. You know? I think it's more social death, yeah. yes. social failure. Yes. And then there's Christians going to like countries where they will get persecuted yeah. and jailed yeah. and killed. Exactly. And I'm, like, I'm worried about this. Yeah. But I think really to add on to that, that reminded me of, something my mom used to always say which really reminded me of my privilege too but she's like you'll you'll always have a roof over your head you'll never mm. starve even if because my parents are much older they're like even if we're gone even if you're broke you know you always have the church mm-hmm. and i think that that is a mm. very true and comfort you've thought right like your brothers and sisters will always come together mm-hmm. and always have you and mm. i think that's helped me through a lot of things too mm-hmm. even mm. you know a lot of people have situations where they can't don't have a safety net mm-hmm. being family or other things but mm-hmm. yeah there's this love that if you know if that's your rock bottom it's not the worst you know mm-hmm. yeah there are people that catch you mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think it's really interesting um to think about like fallbacks right like mm. i think we like to have everything like perfectly aligned and and especially in the business world like oh i want to be self-made but like you know, like we, you can rely on other people and like you can yeah. have these fallbacks. Mm-hmm. And I, when we talk about like risk aversion, I, f- I find it so interesting because the worst case is like, um, I guess like if you're in your like early twenties, like the worst case is you just like live at home with your parents until a, po- a point where you can support yourself. Yeah. Right. And then if you're in a case where that's not possible, right. And you're like living on your own, like let's say you're an orphan, you then are in this like fight or flight mode mm-hmm. and Arguably, th- that's when like the most insane, talented people shine the brightest because you just have to like 
win. Like you just have to survive mm. and you will just live every single day. Kind of going back into our previous episode where I talked about trying my hardest, like you right. have to try your hardest every single day to survive. Right. And that one is a little bit closer to life or death because, you know, you don't always have the protection of like food, shelter every single day. Right. And so like you need to be creative about like how you approach people, what you, how you say things, things mm-hmm. like that. And you have to be way more mindful and um, and you just don't have a choice. Like it's not risk aversion. It's just like straight up. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be hungry today? And I think that changes your, your mentality totally. Yeah, I think. There's something about being in a position of desperation that filters out all the trivial things in life and then it sheds like what really matters, like the essential things. And then that's when if you if you apply it right, like your faith gets activated. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like mm-hmm. I have no other choice but not, like, you know, or even, you know, it's not the best scenario but there's a lot of people when they're down and out and they hit rock bottom then that's when they encounter god because mm-hmm. it's like oh i have no other choice i don't have all these material comforts to distract me um i need you god and then he shows up mm-hmm. or or god was always there but they their eyes are open mm-hmm. and so that's really interesting to kind of highlight that sense of desperation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's so interesting because i think there is a level to that as well if you think of maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah, you know yeah. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Oh, yeah. when you're in real food shelter fight or flight i think there are a lot more consequences to that and mm-hmm. like you know we don't want to be in a society that encourages that for sure but you want people to have those basic needs so that they can have self-actualization and to mm-hmm. kind of go beyond that mm-hmm. as well but it is like I think, yeah, once people have those needs fulfilled, everyone has that desire, has that need for Mm -hmm. connection, for fulfillment, for Mm self-actualization. And that desperation also leads them to um, to community, to faith, Mm -hmm. to their Mm -hmm. own potential and pushing through out of that. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I've definitely thought a lot, especially, I guess, living in Canada and um, having privileged kind of situation how that mm-hmm. affects like your drive to do things mm-hmm. right it's very interesting yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it's very different it's very yeah. different it's it's neat because like i've done some missionary work in in asia and china and then you like um i haven't done anything in africa but you'd hear like just the testimonies coming mm-hmm. out like what god's doing there and in asia it's insane and i think the again the level of material comforts and all that stuff because they're like second or third world countries as Mm -hmm. opposed to us in the first world it's so different like the the faith level Mm -hmm. um so it's a neat correlation that i've observed of like material wealth and comforts how that affects like faith and so i remember like i was working with underground house churches in china and Mm -hmm. like they and it was it was illegal to like run churches there so when they finally got a hold of the gospel, they like took it like crazy and held yeah. it tight, like at face value, and they like exercised it, and they just believed in it, like so wholeheartedly, and just again the crazy testimonies and transformation that happened there is like insane. Whereas here, it's like, mm, do I feel like going to church this Sunday? Uh, maybe I'll sleep in, and mm-hmm. you know things like that. So it's like 
that level of hunger and that's mm-hmm. what Steve spoke about, right? Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's like that level of desperation or, or yeah. hunger that yeah. God's looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think literally as you talk about the word hunger, I was like, okay, that's literally the reason why people fast, at least mm, in yeah, kind yeah. of the first world country, because it's hard to have that sense of desperation right. when you don't feel it. Right. And like hunger is that way where you're like, you're denying your body mm. of these like physical needs mm-hmm. that causes you to be in a, in a state of desperation mm. and then to rely on God. Mm. Like yeah. that is our escape to feeling desperate because we can't <laughs> just like go out and like live on the street. I mean, you could, but you're probably yeah. not going to do that. And so like, that's our way at least of being fortunate enough to feel desperate. That's a good practice for dealing with abundance. Because mm. yeah. it actually, not, yeah, I haven't really heard that really been said. Like, because of, oftentimes, like, you know, in church and like, like God is for you. God wants good things for you. God is a God of abundance. But like, w- if you, once you are in a position of privilege to experience that, it's like, don't, dw- don't like, what's the word? Um, like take advantage or dwell in mm-hmm. that abundance mm-hmm. or like take it for granted, mm-hmm. like manage it well, be grateful, be thankful for it, mm-hmm. use it as a resource to bless others. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all about like stewardship, stewarding what God's given us when there is times of um, um, abundance, like, yeah, kind of like, you know, jo- I got to bring in as many scriptures as, <laughs> as I can <laughs> in this podcast, like yeah. Joseph uh, you know, managing Egypt, like he had seven years of abundance mm. and then he knew to like store the grain and all the a- access into the barns or into the storehouses. Mm-hmm. So then when there's times of lack and poverty and, and um, um, yeah, um, then then he could he could supplement that from from the times of refer- uh, abundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess touching on role models again, like right. when <laughs> yeah, coming back to that, yeah, when we're when we're stressed or we feel desperation. Um, I think about like these like shows and movies where like these like little like kids are always like reciting like comic books and they're like, you know, in chapters like 79, like Batman did this in like this situation. Like do either of you have like somebody that you're like, Oh, what would he do? And like, you know, like obviously it's like, what would Jesus do? But is there anyone that comes in mind? You're like in, in a state of trouble. Like how would this person respond? could be like again like uh someone you look up to someone that is part of your friend circle or like a uh, professor or somebody that you saw like in a youtube video and you're like whoa like for me i look up to um uh it's a pretty cliche example but lebron james sometimes <laughs> okay and yeah. this, this one comes more to like physical mm-hmm. endurance because man that guy is a physical specimen but he has the physical gifts and the mental toughness to put in the work every day. Like that is a like deadly com- uh, combination. Mm. Um, like you're given, you know, huge physical size, but then you're also given like the mindset of like somebody who's like small. Right. Cause like people who are like shorter tend to work harder and that's especially in sports, Mm -hmm. but he like works just as hard. And same thing with like Kobe and like Michael Jordan and all these great players. Mm -hmm. And that's so rare, that combination. Um, And so like whenever I'm like feeling bad and like a workout or like I'm not playing well, I'm like, okay, like, you know, 
the best athletes in the world, what would they do? Like, how would they respond? Mm. And how do they tough out these situations? And that gives me a little bit more like hope with like, oh, things are possible. Like, I need, like, if it's a rainy day, like, I don't feel like going out for a run. I'm going to go because I want to be great. I want to, I want to do things and I want to push beyond my limits. And you kind of, um, I guess it's like opposite of like desperation. It's like, I do it because I can, Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like it. I don't really want to, but I know I should. And I turn off that feeling. Um, and, and so, I mean this, I, I guess it's the same way with, uh, um, like Jesus in, in times of desperation or, or times of like frustration, like, Oh, I like, I really want to react this way because that's the way I feel. Like, I really want to be angry. I really want to say something, but, um, you know, like Jesus always has the ability to like, not, you know, just act out of like frustration or anger and just take a point of like understanding and be like, okay, like I understand your situation. Mm -hmm. I might not feel you know, the best, but I can see your perspective and let me help you mm-hmm. and taking that stance. Like it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I oh, actually, when we're on that topic, I feel like um, Jacob does that really well. And like I growing up always kind of looked up to him in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. uh, to quote, I think it was Paul's like, if you don't know who to follow, follow me, right? Like follow me as I follow Full God. Christ, yeah. And I mean, at the time, I don't think Je- uh, Jacob was uh, um, an official uh, believer or Christian, if you call it, but mm-hmm. he did embody those things. Mm-hmm. And I always admired him for it because I was like, wow, like I've never seen him get mad. He's always understanding, mm-hmm. very balanced. And even to this day, like I still have never seen him mad. And we have this running joke because it's like, are we ever going to get mad at each other? Does it, does that mean like there's something <laughs> wrong with our friendship or maybe we're just too understanding of each other, but it's so yeah. crazy. Like I've never felt that with him. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the role the church plays, right? Um, as we develop the fruits of the Holy spirit, which patience is, is one of it. Right. And, uh, self-control like Jesus, like I'm sure he probably had all these emotions, but he was above reproach. Right. he, had that self-control and we are supposed to reflect that and develop that as a Christian and be mature so that when other people see it, we reflect who Christ is, um, in us. And yeah, it, it's unfortunate because a lot of people, well, the church has a bad rap because mm-hmm. it's represented well, uh, poorly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of want to add on to that. In terms of, uh, Steve often talks about kind of like coming under the leadership within church Mm. and to honor them and kind of learn and have guidance from them. And this is where I think I'm currently kind of working through or a shortcoming I'm trying to overcome where, uh, like I said about reparenting, it's like even Mm. in the church I was growing up in when I wanted to delve deeper into my faith there weren't like pastors around me within my church on the English side and the people who are leading Sunday school were my peers and it was really Mm. hard to find any of that so even then 
it was a lot of me seeking out sermons, worship music, or mm. other resources to kind of build that around myself. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult to come under authority when so many times in your life, people who should have guided you or been authority figured have continuously failed you or hurt you. Mm. And I think that relates a lot to like how people feel about church too, mm. because we put so much trust and so much vulnerability in church leaders. Once there's hurt there, it's like, it's like within family too, when parents fail you, there's mm. just this added level of hurt and difficulty and being mm. able to trust again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something, you know, Steve is very aware of this thing of mine. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just being able to have leaders like that walk you through it and to uh, trust and have those role models and maybe mm. one day look up to them like Kobe mm-hmm. <laughs> or <laughs> like yeah. um, other athletes, you know, it's just, yeah, they are the people in your life to guide you, to point you towards God and mm. make sure you're on the right path. And hopefully if you're in times of trouble, you know, you could call them, you mm-hmm. could find them, you could find people in the church because they're, they are there for you. They're there to walk with you, to mm-hmm. uh, help you grow and help you become closer mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's really something that can be hard to reconcile for mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. but that's the faith aspect again. Yeah. You know, even if things fail time and time again, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But that's just all the more faith, right? Thanks for sharing. That's really important. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear <laughs> that you've gone through that. And um yeah, that's it's it shouldn't be the case, but unfortunately, you know, it, it happens and I think I think in churches or even people of authority or role model roles or like they could take advantage of that position of authority mm-hmm. w- where it's like you're lording it over people. But I mean, if you look at Jesus was the best example, he came under, he came to serve, mm-hmm. he came to wash feet. And like, I think real leadership, real um, people of, you know, a quote unquote authority, um, even you look at just like the word, like like Canadian governments, they're like the ministers, like minister of finance, minister of all this. Like they were, they're you know they're supposed to be ministers. They mm-hmm. serve the people, and so um, I think to be under someone's leadership is to say is to trust them and like um, you know I think it's important to have a healthy level of like carefulness and skepticism because. You know, un- the reality is there are leaders there that may take advantage of you. So you have to almost kind of like be careful to look after yourself and not follow blindly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a skill set, right? And sometimes people, when you're young and you're very impressionable, you just kind of believe the best, and then that kind that can set you up for uh, missed expectations and and disappointment. Um, you know, I went through that and I think, I think unfortunately that's kind of like just a process of just growing up, maturing and, but like hopefully not to get jaded through that. Like you can, you can kind of recover and, uh, salvage hope Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people get hurt from church and then they leave and it's like, I'm never going to go through that again. I'm never going to trust people. Um, but yeah, I I think like when you put yourself under submission under authority, it's to, it's for your, um, improvement. It's for your growth, and hopefully that person, that leader, can say, hey, 
can you allow me to speak into your life? So like, I see, I see the potential in you, and I and I want to like uh, guide you through this area of growth. Will you allow me to like correct you in a way that I can I can speak safely, and then you can again like getting that ego out, like we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. and just be corrected. Um, yeah, that it, it's a two way street too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, just that's what I want to say about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this could go into a, a like much <laughs> deeper topic <laughs> about like when the roles reverse, mm. like when your role model then becomes similar to your level, if mm. not you surpass them. Right. Mm. And like understanding the change in dynamics mm. there. Um, yeah. I mean like specifically parenting, like I think, you know, when we're growing up, like we don't know what's best. And so like we just follow because we don't know anything better. And, I think as much as, you know, not everyone's perfect, I think whether um, it was, like, a good experience, bad experience, once you get to an age of, like, understanding where, like, your parents are people too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they were just doing maybe also what they thought right. was right and, like, what they learned from their parents and, like, understanding that. And then, like, now that we're, like, quote-unquote grown up, not viewing them as the parent that raised us, but right. rather somebody in the world mm-hmm. that this was their worldview and this is how they approached it. And separating yourself, which is very hard, very hard to do. Um, like I know from my parents, like I'm way more um, vocal with them. Like when I was like growing up, I was like quiet. I was like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to say anything to you. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> like, everyone be like, oh, how's your day going? I'm like, fine, good, <laughs> bye. <laughs> and I just do my own thing. But now it's like, oh, like, you know, how's it going? And like asking them, you know, how they're feeling, how they feel, uh, how they, you know, would approach X, Y, Z. And I think, um, and, and yeah, just kind of treating them like a person, not like, mm-hmm. like this role, like, person in authority mm-hmm. with like a bunch of responsibilities because like when you were younger like they had the responsibility of raising you right no matter how like they got you to this point and so they kind of did what was you know available to them like the choices that they made and now like looking back you're like okay well um this is how that kind of worked out but like like y- you're just in a different situation, so you, you, you can't say that you would have done something differently in given, like, their situation yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, understanding that and, like, then, like, now that I have conversations with my parents, I'm like, okay, like, I understand where you're coming from. Like, I mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But, like, also just telling them, you know, like, I am not that same kid anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I am grown. Here's what I'm interested in. Here, here's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And you need to be okay with that. And we can grow together in mm-hmm. a different way, mm-hmm. right? Now as kind of like in the same level field. And then at some point, you know, when, you know, they grow a little older, they're going to depend on you. Mm-hmm. And now you have the responsibility of taking care of them. Yeah. And then the roles reverse, right? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a quite an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have that expectation of them. Like, no, you're supposed to know everything. You're supposed to take care mm-hmm. of it. And then like. And like and the, then all the of a sudden, it's like, breaks, yeah, right? yeah it it's it's actually very disappointing if you don't, 
if you don't manage it well. Yeah. And then, and it's like, oh, now you're expecting me to take care of you, but like, who's going to take care of me? <laughs> oh, but you know, that's a real thing. Yeah. It's like a, this yeah. sense of abandonment. A lot of people go through it. Mm. And then they're like, well, who, who can take, yeah, it's really, it's really, oh, man, it's heartbreaking. Because <laughs> I, I think this is where it's so important to know, like, just people are human and they're doing the best that they can. And they're also, even Christians, they're also trying to represent God the best that they can, but they're not, we're not all perfected yet. And I think ultimately, like, our faith is should always to look to God, always to look to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that's our ultimate goal. Like, even for me as a young father, relatively new parent, um, talking about, like, reparenting, like, my role as a dad, or as a parent, is to, ha- is to point to G- uh, tell tell Jocelyn and point to Jesus mm. to her. Um, obviously, I need to I need to be a role model and like act it out and live it out so she can seize it as a as a physical example. But ultimately, when she's old enough, like in the age of maturity, then like I always want to point her to Jesus to God because He's the ultimate, and the Holy Spirit will ultimately teach her, right? But until that time, I have to. Yeah, I have to do that and walk her through it and mm. things like that. And I think that applies to any leadership role, whether you're a teacher in different stages mm-hmm. and, and what authority you're teaching in and, and whatever, right? Whether it's like you're a math teacher, so mm-hmm. then you you have that authority to teach math or whatever. You're, you're always helping people mature to a certain age and then you want to launch them. I think it's all about like launching. That's why the Bible says like, um, I think it's in Proverbs, like children are like arrows, like you, you launch them. And so you set them in a direction and then you you go because God has instilled and created them in a unique way with a unique purpose. And then for me, even like I I always see like God has given Jocelyn in our, me and Charlene's care um, to raise her up. But then ultimately she's God's. Right. So Mm -hmm. and then it's just to let her go. Whereas (laughs) I can see (laughs) some Asian parents are kind of a little they want to hold on to the kid (laughs) and control Mm -hmm. them and like, no, like you want to stay at home. But yeah, that's the ultimate thing. Like mature them as, as fast and as well as you can. And then let them do what they're meant to do here on earth Mm -hmm. and set them up well for, for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Quick question there. Do you feel the weight of responsibility like as a as a role model to Jocelyn, like do you feel like oh like there's a person that I want to be for her versus like okay. who I am and like you feel like there's like pressure to like act or like perform? Uh I don't feel like the pressure like to perform, but I, I just know like I'll just do the best that I can. Mm. And, and this is how I approach most things with life. Cause, mm-hmm. cause you can take, you can have anxiety, just like apply it to like, Oh, mm-hmm. am I doing good enough? Mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm, enough? Mm-hmm. Is it enough? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, uh, give it your all and, and like, like do, do your best at it and then trust that God will take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then uh, honestly, yeah, I'm waiting for the day like Jocelyn's when she's much older and she's like, oh, dad, you didn't do this enough, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> I'm just ready just to apologize. And like, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. And and then just, just that's where grace comes in. Yes. That's where grace Amen. comes in. And like teaching her to show grace to me 
for areas where mm-hmm. you know she could say, "Oh, you traumatized me for this <laughs> or that." You know, I don't know. I don't know if like we all kind of blame our parents in yeah. some some aspect, but yeah. Also, so if you're listening to this yeah. in uh, <laughs> ten or twenty yeah. years, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best, but for sure, like even now, I'm I'm thinking of schools and like what's the best for her. I'm always looking out, and I uh, I guess we'll end with this. We'll wrap up, but like. I see the relation, the earthly relationships that we have in life, whether it's like our siblings or like for me to Shar, like as a husband and, and wife, I'm learning like those are just earthly examples of what God is like to us, right? Like as the bride and the church is to, to God. And then also like I'm learning to be a father to jocelyn i i learned way much more like how god is a father to me mm-hmm. so it's really beautiful because sometimes we can't learn all these ethereal things spiritual like god puts these earthly uh relationships for us to tangibly learn mm-hmm. that first right mm-hmm. so um yeah it's like god's always teaching us through many different levels many different ways mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's great uh great uh segue to the outro yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah thanks uh everyone for tuning in hope you liked our uh chat on role models and Mm -hmm. how they impact our lives and continuing to learn and unlearn different experiences and uh ultimately model our lives after jesus and god so thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time all right see you